So, Greg, this really now is what I'd say the the mood lifts. It's a lighter part of your journey, and you've had all this trauma and all these events that happen, and then you you go to the USA now. So I was having had the moment in um, court where I'd made a decision, okay, I need to turn this around. Um, I then began to uh, reach out to look for answers beyond myself because it, the realization was, yeah, I, I, I've been trapped. So how do I escape yeah. this? What What is it I've not been paying attention to? And clearly it was the, the spiritual side of myself i'd been on this outward journey into the material world not on the inward journey into discovering who i really am at my core yeah so um i read a book that was about um recovery that was written um by um neil strauss um now, Neil Strauss is more famed for his pickup books, but he goes into absolute meltdown and then writes this book about recovery that was a phenomenal story to me. Yeah. So I find Neil on his recovery journey and so much of it, like we're saying today, resonated with me. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I'm going to... And he, he has a, a group called The Society where it's an international group of businessmen who support one another and... I thought, okay, this is a different group. I need to get out of the existing circles that I'm in and I need to reach further afield. But then simultaneously, I came across Autobiography of a Yogi, which is yeah, the yeah. you know the book by Yogananda. I have it. Which you've got, which Steve Jobs was the only, it was the last book yeah. he had before he died. He I, would give out to people. I've got an audio book as well. Okay, yeah. so... Um, and I thought, do you know what? I need to go and get closer to the essence and the source of Yogananda. It was as though there was some sort of calling for me. So I signed up to the lessons that they do um, via the school, which they send out to you, and then found myself in LA at the Yogananda Center there, um, which is just an incredible um, place. And you know, to realize that Yogananda went from India was sent by his teacher yeah. to the US, barely spoke a word of English, but then created this phenomenal um, center for spirituality. And what was beautiful about Yogananda, he was non-denominational. Whether you were Christian, Muslim or Jew, yeah. you were made welcome. In order to have world peace, everybody's got to be invited. Mm -hmm. If you say you can come, but you can't, then then that's not world peace. And so if you go to the Buddhist centre up at Manjushri, there's Christians there, Jews, Hindus, Muslims. Yeah, yeah. It's not a religion. Yeah. Yeah. So so the, that I found that beauty in, in his work, um, you know, wasn't something that was new to me because I'd looked at other systems and traditions, albeit loosely. But there was something about Yogananda that, that was really um, calling me. So... When I was in LA, I helped out at the centre, yeah. met some of the brothers and the sisters, spent some time with them, attended services, helped clean the place. You know, it, yeah. so more like an ashram then where you, you're doing all the duties as well kind of thing. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was more, I suppose, delving into, you know, discovering this essence of giving as well. You know, I've been a big taker 
in the world, a consumer, you know, doing I, 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 me, I, me, yeah, mine yeah. type of stuff. So I was wanting to give and just experience that. And these things are a little foreign at first. So, you know, the idea of being alien to ourselves, you know, yeah. we're an alien in, in the world that we're meant to be in. So, um, but I didn't feel 100% at home there. And I felt as though I was being asked to go somewhere else. Um, so soon yeah. after I found myself, someone gave me a book of The Surrender Experiment, um, which was by Michael Singer, yeah. who's more famed for the untethered soul. Um, he's been on Oprah. And yeah. So I find myself in then Florida with Michael Singer and I spend four to six weeks in his environment. And Michael Singer's a guy who went from zero to becoming a billionaire. But what he basically did was he sat meditating in the woods and he yeah. said, I'll only leave the woods when someone comes and asks me to do something. Um, phenomenal story. Um, he's also from the Yogananda lineage. Yeah. So it was quite interesting. I felt as though Yogananda was saying, okay, don't sit here, Greg. I need you to move more quickly. Go to yeah. uh, Michael Singer. Were you on your own at this point? Are you with your wife? No, or? so I'm with my partner. So um, my wife and I had split up after yeah. 20 years. Yeah. So um, there was a partner the ways after the court case. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of things came to an end. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of them. Um, I'm with, um, my now partner Samantha, yeah. um, and we're traveling together. Right. So we um, uh, we arrive at uh, Michael Singer's place. He makes us really welcome. You can do yoga, you can meditate, and then of an evening he has questions and answers, and uh, really delightful. And so I begin that. But again, it's not complete for me. There's it's as though there's something else. Yeah. Um, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, so I feel I'm evolving, I'm growing, I'm feeding myself now, yeah. I'm nourishing myself, I'm hydrating You're myself. Expanding as well. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but as people often say, just a, 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 something that's good for the listener to understand is that when we're growing ourselves, quite often we can't see it, but other people can. Yeah. So it, it's good to have, because we're blind often to ourselves and this incremental mm. growth that we go through, even though sometimes it can be quite dramatic. Um, so, you know, I was making this progress, but then the strangest of things really occurs. I find myself back at a um, festival in London. Uh, it's a Tantra festival. Yeah. And one of the speakers I've listened to for the last two years and I'm really taken with this speaker. His name's uh, Advaita Nanda, yeah. uh, which means the middle way. Yeah. And uh, his, his talks are always like phenomenal. They hit me in the heart. I'm always moved by them. And for the last two years, I've asked, is there any way I can do some work or training with him? Yeah. And the first two years, no, 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 nothing. No, second time, no, 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 nothing. And in scripture, uh, the rule of three, I come to learn later is really powerful. Third year I attend and I listen again. I'm like, wow, I need to find a way of getting closer so I can learn more from this guy. Yeah. And I go and ask and they go, ah, yes, he's about to launch a program. So I become the first ever student wow. on this external program yeah. with him as a teacher. 
And what comes to pass is basically that Advaitananda possesses most, if not all, of the cities, which are gifts, yeah. which are talked about in the autobiography of a yogi. Yeah. Well, I've come across those with uh, transcendental meditation as well. You know, they do city training and things like this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You Have you experienced transcendental meditation? We talked about it briefly. Okay, so I, I haven't um, experienced TM di directly, as in I've not been trained in it. I've not yes. been given a mantra. Yeah. I don't do the 20 minutes a day, twice a day, but I, I understand the format and the structure. Yeah. And, it, and it's quite interesting because... You know, my teacher always says to me, okay, Greg, you know, just always look at the fruits. You know, Maharishi, how many enlightened people do you see around the TM movement? Mm. And it's like, uh, I don't. And he says, no, you see a lot of peaceful, serene, calm people. Yeah. But you won't see any enlightened people. And there's one guy, I think, who's from Birmingham, Brunton or Bunton or something was the only guy who was ever seen to have come close to enlightenment that came out of that lineage. Yeah. So what Maharishi set in motion was phenomenal. But what my teacher also then said to me is, Greg, yeah, look, in the 60s, 20 minutes meditation twice a day was sufficient. Have you seen the pace that the world is moving yeah, at? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen how much information we're having to download and yeah. deal with so daily? No, we need to do it for 23 hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you then said you you, you came back and you, you brought your outgoings down to three grand a month instead of 15 grand a month. So you, for most people, that's still a lot of money, but you've, you know, you've drastically reduced your outgoings. All right. So no, so I went from 15,000 a month negative outflow Yes. To a positive inflow oh, of three thousand a month. That is a shift. Yeah. So yeah. and and it all comes about because of the journey I go on with the teacher with with Advaitananda, where he gets me to relook at my foundations, you know, my moral compass, which yeah. in the system that he's from are the Yamas and Niyamas, they're known as, um, which are your attitudes in life and then your active attitudes. And basically, my whole system was corrupt. You yeah. know, I was impure in ways that you couldn't, you know, I couldn't possibly have observed because I was blind to them, deaf to them or numb to them. Whereas he, with his expert instruction, was able to gently guide me. And the path that he follows is, is a path of practice. Um, and practice comes in the form of meditation, yoga, and breath work. Yeah. But it's very specific practice. So he's like a surgeon giving you the practices that you need to be doing. And what I realized was spending time in his company, I would also undergo, you know, what I just look back on as psychic surgery, yeah. where my whole body would vibrate uncontrollably whilst I was in his presence. And I would feel parts being removed, layers from my stomach, from my heart, from mm. from the root of me, from different aspects. So your teacher then potentially sounds like an enlightened being. Okay, so he has to do limited practice daily to remain clear and clean. Uh, he can go into states of enlightenment. Yeah. 
um, but doesn't permanently reside there. Yeah. Whereas his teacher, who's still alive, ironically, his name's Greg. As well. So, which is, <laughs> I was he, expecting a long word I couldn't pronounce there. Yeah, <laughs> it's called Grieg actually, because he they're, they're actually he's from Romania, Grieg, and Advaitananda is also um, Romanian. Is it Advaitananda or Vaitananda? No, Advaitananda. Advaitananda. Yeah, or as he says, my friends call me Ava. Yeah, Ava. so. Yeah. But I've had moments with him where, you know, sat talking to him like this and I'm trying to form a question and he'll say to me, Greg, and then he'll answer the question. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even ask the question. Yeah. So I'm just sat there. But I realise now what he's been doing is helping me to drop my ego structures mm -hmm. and allow me to expand beyond the limitations that I learned as a young boy or as an adult growing up in this material world. Um, because he's seen, go back to a word we started with, yeah. my devotion and my commitment to wanting to overcome the ills in myself and the ills of the world. So we, we've been living in, in dark times, quite literally. And, you know, now we can emerge from them. And you asked earlier, you, you sort of, it was like a rhetorical question, you know, I wonder how many of these people there are on the planet. I've yeah. asked the question yeah. and the number is 30. Right. There are 30 enlightened beings, beings. currently yeah. on the planet, most of which we will never know of or know who they are. Yeah. Um, yet they balance all of the negativity um, the, because we have to remain in a state of balance. Outside of balance, we implode. So therefore, we are looked over, we are looked after, even though certain atrocities do need to unfold because that's part of the karmic inheritance that needs to be worked out. Yeah. Um, but yet the message is an abundant one. It's, it's, it's a resourceful one. It's an optimistic one. The, you know, for me, having done these practices, so you know, now daily my, my practices are three and a half hours a day. Wow. So, you know, it's a bit like being a triathlete. <laughs> well, I, I, at one point, it's a long time ago now, a couple of years back, but I was meditating uh, three to four hours a day, which I, I haven't done that for a long time now. My meditations mm -hmm. are brief, but I went, I had a very peaceful, beautiful period in my life where I was meditating a lot. And I mean, it went way beyond that at one point, you know, I was... Uh, but not for any length of time, only for a matter of weeks. But mm -hmm. I'd meditate, quite regularly meditate. I'd go in a room, I had a specific area for meditation, a meditation room, I don't have one now. And I would meditate for a good chunk of my waking day. Mm -hmm. you, know, yeah. you know, And my teacher, you know, advising Andrea encourages the, you know, we, we spend the time, certainly now during lockdown or periods like this, it's an ideal opportunity to practice yeah. But to actually be able to create what he refers to as the center of the storm. So so we want to become the eye of the storm, the center of the storm. Yeah. And that's the peace that we're looking yeah. to create still, inside of ourselves. Yeah. How do you manage your three and a half, four hour practice a day? Is it split or do you do it AM? How do you do it? Yeah, so I split the practice. Um, mm -hmm. I get up in the morning, start with um, some meditations that are typically 20 minutes in, in length. Um, because actually most meditation that's taught is actually no more than relaxation. Yeah. Um, most meditation, 
you know, creates a retreat from the busyness of the world. Yeah. But actually the meditation I'm talking about is based on Pantanjali's Eight Limbs of Yoga. Yeah. And at step seven, he says you can arrive at a place of meditation, which can actually be measured. It's not something I've achieved yet the state of meditation. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a state that requires, it's very specific, 23 minutes of inward focus with zero interruptions. That's no thought, no idea, no nothing passing through you other than inner focus. Very difficult to get to that point. Yeah, You know, where a lot of people... You meditate, and although you might have 20 minutes of meditation, within that, your mind is all over the shop. Yeah, yeah. and so my, my teacher now, who's been in the, the backdrop for many, many years, is now stepping forward. And I've been fortunate to be studying under him for the last three years. Yeah. Um, but he's coming out more formally now because he realizes now is the time that these messages need to be heard. Yeah. And actually in the ancient times, they, they did meditate, you know, in Pantanjali's time, you know, there was none of this. There was no mobile phones or Twitters or Facebooks or there was nothing constantly trying to steal people's attention. Yeah. You're not being prodded all the time and disturbed. And I say, I can remember, you go back 30 years ago and you're an accountant. You're in an office, you arrive at work in the morning, you have one phone. You quite often have a secretary anyway or somebody that would deal with those phone calls. And you concentrate and you focus. Now, you've got emails, text message, your mobile phone, um, the internet, all these other interruptions. And if you're constantly being poked, it takes all your attention. You've been put off balance and it takes all your attention and energy to stay standing up Correct. rather than focus on where you should be going. You just, it's a constant struggle, mm -hmm. you know. And that and that's why then you know the a lot of the ancients had what was required in order to live what we would call a good life, which interestingly we're just about in a, in a few days' time on the eleventh to start a a course that we're doing with people called the Good Life, yeah. where we're going to get them to focus again on their foundation which are these underlying principles that come from Pantanjali's Eight Limbs of Yoga, but they're steps one and two. So, and steps one and two are the, your, your attitude and then your active attitude, how you behave in the world. You don't hit meditation until step seven, but if you haven't got the foundation set, as my teacher later on on the path, when you begin to get higher, you'll all of a sudden find that you can't get any further because you didn't set yeah. the correct foundation. So. Does your teacher reside in this country? No, he, okay. he resides in um, Copenhagen most okay. of the time, but he does travel throughout the world. So do you, have you seen him on more than one occasion? Do you get to meet with him? Yeah, I've spent a lot of time with him. And, you know, again, because I think people like to understand about more about these powers that exist. Mm. You know, an example for you is if I say to him, ah, advice and Andy, can you tell me how I'm getting on in terms of my evolution and growth and development? He'll look at me and using his focus, every energetic center in my body, some people refer to them as chakras, yeah. begin to vibrate. And then he'll look back at me 
So it's as though he's read my energetic system and I can feel it happening. Yeah. And then he'll say to me, ah, Greg, you're doing okay. You need to increase. And he'll give me a practice that I then to do a certain form of breath or a certain yoga pose or a certain form of meditation in order to tweak. work on an edge yeah. or tweak, you know, what. Yeah. So recently he said to me, um, both him and his teacher, I had to send a picture in because I wanted to do some work with them. And um, they they read the picture and they came back and said, you need to do work on the stomach area. So they gave me some intense practice for me to do and some herbs to take in order to cleanse at an energetic level this area. But the areas to do with courage, willpower and inner fire. And the big thing they say all the time is, the inner fire inside of people's being extinguished. It's being put out. Mm. We need to see men of courage re-emerging into the world. And when we talked about corruption earlier, yeah. you know, corruption just shows the lack of willpower, the lack of will to be able to stand for what is right as opposed to letting what is wrong just pass all the time. So, Greg, we better actually talk about what I brought you to talk about, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is... We've arrived. We're in the present moment. We've talked about your journey, and now we'll talk about what you do now. So, St. Catherine's Retreat. Yeah. The retreats you run and the courses you run with the quantum questions, and maybe we'll go into the specifics of some of those courses. For example, breath mastery, stress mastery, and mm -hmm. who am I? Yeah. So, lots to talk about. Yeah. St. Catherine's Retreat. So, this is your retreat now, isn't it? Yeah. So, it's the home... That was home for me um, for a number of years. I've owned it for the last 16 years. And um, in going through this um, phenomenal transformation to do with pursuing material wealth and looking after I, me, and mine, it became about, you mentioned before, it really about giving back, yeah. helping others, community. So the idea of the retreat center is, you know, sometimes we're given resources, which I believe are given to us, and we're given the resources for a specific purpose. But the question is, do we learn what that purpose is and do we apply it to the purpose? So for me, St. Catherine's lends itself naturally as a retreat center. Mm. Um, it looks beautiful. I've seen the pictures. Okay. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we've got, a you know, we have a yoga studio now in there, which won't have been on the pictures. Um, and we're also, we've got the opportunity to cold plunge, so to do cold exposure down in the lake. We're at the foot of uh, one of the uh, most famous walks called Orist Head. It's famed because Wainwright, when yeah. he went to the lakes, it was the first walk that he did when he got off the bus yeah. um, coming up from Manchester. Um, so we're in the in the perfect spot and what we really want to do at St. Catherine's is help other people to not have to go on the journey I went on to reconnect, but help people to go within and to reconnect through yoga, through meditation, through the breath, through sharing table together, enjoying yeah. um, vegetarian food, and then also through community. Because if you think I was speaking this morning to someone to say, look, the reason it's hard building community is because community's been lost. So a lot of energy and work is required to 
reconfigure and help the hearts and minds of people to realign in a way that will allow us to once again build community. So St. Catherine's for me is at the heart of heart of that. You do various courses there and one hour free sample courses, which I've, I've seen posted. You also do day retreats, weekend retreats and even longer courses as well, don't yep. you? So you're doing all sorts of things. And the three main topics that I saw when I looked at it was you do meditation retreats, a weekend yep. meditation retreats, but is breath mastery, stress mastery and who am I? So yes. maybe tell us a little bit about those. Okay, so who am I is this, it's who am I starts on Zoom because obviously with the world the way it is, we need to keep looking inwardly. We need to stay on the journey, stay on our path. Yeah. And people need to be supported. They need to keep practicing. So who am I is this beautiful dive into who you really are. And most people are just busy being busy. You know, they're, they're yeah. busy in the world and they're not taking time to stop and think about what they're being busy for. So not only is it a dive into who am I, it's a dive into regaining a sense of purpose. You know, what's my purpose in the world? And, you know, if we were all fulfilling our purpose, then, you know, I'm sure the world would be a much different place. So most people are misaligned at the moment. They've lost their sense of purpose. They've got no idea what their purpose is. Who Am I helps people to reorientate themselves back to rediscovering who they really are. So that that's what it's about. And yeah. again, it's designed to be inclusive. Um, you know, we do uh, four evenings in, in module one. We take a little break and then we do um, four evenings in module two. They last three hours yeah. um, each evening. And it really brings people together who are like-minded, who want to explore these questions. But then we have brilliant external facilitators, um, you know, people who are expert in, in the breath. Um, we've got uh, a guy who lectured at Oxford for most of his life. Um, and then Advaitananda sends video clips and footage, but also from a time to time attends to support the community. So we've been over to see you. Well, no, he does it on the Zoom. He oh, does, quite, right. But yeah. he will come at some yeah. point. You know, yeah. he's promised that obviously once we're post-lockdown, he will come to the centre. Right, we'll share that because I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And maybe tell us the difference. Obviously, you have meditation. How does the breath work? How does that come in? How does it work? Is it, does it, is it a form of meditation or... Maybe explain a little bit for people at home. Yeah, so so for me, the distinguishing feature with the breath is that a lot of people go into either coaching or therapeutic situations that are full of a lot of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. And there's a lot of talking. There's a lot of mind cognitive work. Whereas the breath, you know, the first thing we do when we arrive is we breathe. Yeah. And the last thing we do before we depart is we stop breathing. Yeah. So the, bre the breath is always at the cusp of the conscious and unconscious. So what the yogis knew forever was that if you breathe in a certain way, you can induce certain states. Yeah. So what we do is we introduce people to um, conscious connected breath 
which means that they're going to maintain a connected breath for a prolonged period of time. And as a consequence, give themselves the opportunity to enter into altered states. Yeah. And then what we do is we support that with certain vibrational music or maybe certain forms of uh, certain word patterns that we use um, to just help people to have this overall deepening experience of themselves that doesn't necessarily or easily come about through the blah, yeah. blah, blah type environment. When you say word patterns, do you mean along the lines of sort of mantra? Yeah, we could use mantra or even guided meditation yeah. at times. So we're looking to bypass the conscious mind most of the time and help people get into the unconscious or higher conscious aspects of themselves. Right. And what is the quantum man? Okay, so the quantum man is something that I'm working on and actually won't be formally or fully launched until I found 22 men okay. who I believe I can work with mm -hmm. in bringing about a community of like-minded, heart-in-harmony, connected men who are committed to an upward evolving path so I believe the path that we're on is constant and never ending. Yeah. Um, whereas we're taught in our culture about things like retirement. I mean, well, you know, but then, you know, most people, they retire and they're like, oh, I'm bored now. What am I going to do? Actually, the path, like nature, it's constantly changing. It's constantly evolving and it should be upwardly evolving. Yeah. What does that mean? We're growing and expanding upwardly. Yeah. We're renewing ourselves, you know, over and over. So here's me at the age of 50. I'm able to touch my toes for the first time in my life. Mm. Why? Well, that's just a simple example of the upwardly evolving path. I learned more about yoga, flexibility, flexibility of the mind. As a consequence, the body system becomes more able and we see that then reflected in, in the person. So the quantum man is this coming together and once i've got the 22 men then the 22 men are actually going to form the quantum man together right so it's not that it's there to be led by me no it's to be supported by a group of men so i don't know if you've ever had that experience where you try to get something going but you you speak to your first friend yeah 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 but the following morning they're like gone yeah i know that and yeah. you know the feeling <laughs> yeah we've all had it so i'm looking for 22 men of which I've currently got around 16. Yeah. Um, and once I get to 22, then they will sit as a group of men. And then I have an outline that they'll speak into to either agree with, tweak, change. But then we'll have this force that will will launch the quantum man. And it's it's an area then inside of which we make it understandable and safe for men to come and choose to change, to yeah. come and speak up, to come and explore. And to, again, to not have to go on the sort of journeys that I went on or to go to, you know, the, the depths of drink, drugs, jail, yeah. not to have to find those places Yeah. to hopefully, you know, find us and discover alternative ways of really finding out who they really are and then living out their purpose in the world. That's a Bloody good explanation. That's good. So the quantum man. So that's a project that you're 
sort of uh, a group that you're farming at the minute that's happening it's real time yes yeah it's real time yeah and then the 22 will be committed to recruiting a man a month for 12 months so the idea is if you if we go back to the you know the way say christianity spread or yeah. all the great things but if it's in your heart and you're committed you want other people to join you want of them course. to be part yeah. of it yeah. so the 22 men say they will commit to getting a man a month but then if those men do it but only for a year we actually end up at 147,000 men at the end of the year so so wow. there is it's an exponential yeah yeah like the chessboard two twos are four yeah yeah four fours are 16 and yeah, it grows yeah. it grows like yeah. that you know we talked a little bit about the breath and um inside of the quantum questions lucy pattinson and sam uh, are both excellent with the breath and they've studied with some of the best people throughout the world over many years um you know we've breathed together in glastonbury in the himalayas in india and you know we've we've met the the who's who of breathing and what we then do through breath mastery is really bring the best of that back to people to be able to break down to disseminate and to teach in a very understandable plausible way how you can use the breath to transform your life Maybe tell us a little bit. I know you've been doing some posts recently on Facebook, which I've seen. Yeah. And they've all got the phrase, quote unquote, fundamental needs. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. I've looked at the posts and I love them. I okay. really like them. Okay. So, so the idea really is to tease people to start to pay attention to this notion of fundamental needs. Now, I'm actually going to do a video um, when I get to around post 50. Yeah. But a fundamental need is hidden away underneath all the layers. What is it that we fundamentally need in order for us to blossom as human beings? Now, one of the things that quite often comes to mind is, is the need for connection, for physical touch, which is why now all of everyone's advocating the need to be able to hug to, you know, yeah. which is a bit of an irony in the times that we're in at the moment. But if physical touch is a fundamental need to yours, it's like, well, are you getting enough of it? Do you go and get a massage? Do you communicate with your partner? I just need to be stroked. I need to be touched. I need to be felt. So these fundamental needs are a rediscovery of the essence of ourselves, which allows us to then get the being to blossom. If we don't get to enjoy our fundamental needs, what we actually do is we contract, we go in the opposite direction. Yeah. We shut down, we withdraw. So so I'm starting this gentle process through communicating on Facebook about fundamental needs yeah. in the hope that people will start to connect more deeply with what it is they really need in life. So they don't need to go and earn 15,000 a month. Yeah. They don't need the fastest car. Yeah. No, they need to be touched. They need someone to look them in the eyes and mm -hmm. say, I love you. Mm -hmm. They need someone to connect in a heart-centered way. So a series of posts highlighting what we really need, not what we think we need, not what we're actually pursuing, but some of the, the basic things that as human beings we need. I, I, I got that from the post straight away. I had yeah, yeah. Luke. Uh, yeah. 
By the way, folks, some beautiful posts, so, you know, Thank have you. a look at those. Yeah. And it also says at the back of your Facebook, the happiness manifesto. Yeah. Yeah. I love that as well. I only read the first few lines of it, but I don't know where that's from. But it's Well, there's a lady in Grasmere. Um, so there's a little church in the centre of Grasmere. Um, and if you go into the church at the back, they sell her um, manifestos. There's a few that she's done. Yeah, and uh, if you go on my Facebook, you can see her happiness manifesto. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, she just produces these and she puts them out, and yeah. you know, people find what them a, and share what a them. Beautiful message to send out. I read it, and it some things uplift you within a very small space of time. A few seconds, I was reading it. I thought, oh yeah, you know, it felt good. It felt good. We're going to talk now about your websites. We're going to move on to that. But as we do it, I just want to mention that. On St. Catherine's website, the wording on the main page as you go across is heal, transform, master, create. That's almost like the journey and the stages you have to go through to become a manifester, to become somebody that creates the life you want. And I thought it was beautiful again. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, Pat, it, it becomes the blind leading the blind. You know, if you haven't done the healing work you've just full of scars and you know once you've begun to heal you you can really you know so we talked about responsibility earlier yeah. you know that becomes central to it and um, really being at cause in your world and and therefore then you can step into transformation yeah and and then the transformation the growing the blossoming A the opening degree of mastery yeah then you can focus and manifest your creating you're, you're exactly. a, yeah beautiful yeah. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to maybe come on one of your courses, Greg, wanted yeah. to come to the retreat, maybe wanted to do one of the Zoom courses, maybe wanted to find out a bit more about the quantum questions. I know you've got more than one website and you've got yeah. a lot going on, but perhaps give us initially the website addresses. Yeah, so thequantumquestions.com. Yeah. I would say, you know, the best way is, is get engaged with the free stuff. You know, we... Um, every Tuesday, there's a free breathe of an evening. You know, you just sign up for free. Yeah. Turn up. It is on Zoom at the moment for an hour and participate. Um, I do a, a, a call periodically on stress mastery. Yeah. Where it lasts about an hour and a quarter, where I talk to people about a different paradigm, a different approach to stress and stressors, which completely flips the paradigm. And then, you know, the idea, though, is to allow people to get to know us. So they might listen to the podcast, think, OK, yeah. there's something interesting. I want to look into this a bit more. Um, yeah, come and come and sample who we are, you know, and enjoy the fruits a little bit. And then if you want to do something more formal, we, we can then introduce you to the courses that we're offering. But there's absolutely no requirement. You know, people can come and do free stuff for yeah. as long as it's available. We, yeah. we, we're quite happy with that uh, we want to grow community and then people who get more involved might want to come to the retreat center and enjoy some time with us there and get to know us better with the retreat center say i'm not going via the quantum questions i'm not doing a course but i want to come and stay at the retreat is yes, that possible it is yes all right yeah so it, it's actually not something we, we've completely formalized but it's something that we're going to do 
where you could come for a day and we might have like a cold water exposure just to put everyone off, <laughs> you know, a cold water exposure experience where you come and stay. You, you, you know, we know it from a retreat point of view, people often get overfed. So we do brunch and evening meal. You, you come and have two meals, yeah. come and stay at the place, use the yoga and meditation center. And then we put on an experience which could be a breathing experience, a cold water exposure, maybe a cacao ceremony. Yeah. But we do something then that would be profound. And so someone just retreats 24, 48 hours, gets to sample, um, hopefully have a phenomenal time. And then again, you know, we, we get to know each other and grow the community. Yeah. The website for St. Catherine's, the retreat, yeah, St. Catherine's, uh, S-T, and then Catherine's with a C. Yeah, uh, so all one word. All one word, retreats.co.uk. Retreats with an S. Yes. Right. I'm Saint... saying yes, but I, yeah, they will find us. <laughs> yeah. It'll, yeah. It'll come up personal development. And then people can can friend me on Facebook because I, I do tend to post on there and they can get access to all of the other things. Yeah. And it's Gregory Garrett, so two R's, two T's. The main social media platform as well, besides the websites, is Facebook. And you've got the associated pages, on business pages on Facebook yes. as well. Yeah. Yes. Bingo, bingo. Gregory, thank you very, very, very much for coming on. I feel uplifted, enlightened, and very keen to meet your teacher and very, very keen to come to your retreat. And I think if... If people are keen to meet my teacher, then, you know, I, I believe I've done what I'm here to do. Um, yeah. An Indian, I was given the Indian name Gopal, yeah. uh, Gopala, which means shepherd. Yeah. So, you know, I'm keen to help, you know, bring people together to teachings that can really help and support. But also, you know, to, to you know, by all means speak to me, but also yeah. to introduce them to the source. Yeah. I have an Indian friend called Gopal. Okay, there you go. <laughs> He's my only Indian friend, All but right. uh, I have an Indian friend called Gopal. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, Gregory, I'm sure we'll do this again, and I will be seeing you some more. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. So, folks, thanks for watching. This has been the Midnight McBride Show, show number 41, and there'll be a new show out every week on this channel. I'm going to leave you with a quote from my book, From Pills to Peace, and this week it is... Meditation softens the edges and removes the corners. You can find me at my website, midnightmcbride.com. You can also hear me on the radio every Monday night on the Mind, Body and Spirit show on 94.4 FM, Salford City Radio. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. You can also get the book on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. And you can also go to ACX and Audible to find the audiobook and there'll be a show released every week on the youtube channel four days later it will also come out on itunes spotify and podbean it's been my pleasure and i'll see you next time shalom Bye.